Yeah. So, uh, okay. So first off, I mean, obviously, you know, we want to have you on the show. We're going to really, we're going to make, we've been doing this lately. We've been doing them live. I love to have it more like a conversation. So we're just yeah, for sure. sit, sit down and let's have a combo. Right. So um, just thinking, you know, as I was kind of diving in, um, I, I think more of the question, you know, I wanted to bring through is like why we're having you on. Right. So like, uh, we, we love, we obviously you and I have started to build a relationship, started to have yeah. some more conversations. Um, I look at a lot of stuff that you're posting as well on social media never got to actually meet you in person yet. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're getting, we're getting to that point, but, uh, no, it's been awesome getting to know you. You've, you've added a lot of value to me. So we thought it would be great for you uh, to jump on here with us. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's, it's funny. Like we've never met in person, but I feel like we know each other already just from <laughs> social media and texting back and forth. So no, this is cool. For this sure. is really cool. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Ian, I obviously haven't had the opportunity to chat with you much. Um, read a little bit about you uh, with the position you're in now, but um, why don't you just start by kind of walking us through your journey to get to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I went to college at Marshall University um, in Huntington, West Virginia, and played baseball there for four years. Um, and uh, from there, was able to sign as a non-drafted free agent with Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Spent three years in our organization and then uh, 2014 got released in spring training and, and was really like stuck in the middle, right? With like, where do I go with my life essentially? Because baseball it was all that I had known up until that point and uh, knew that I wanted to, to keep baseball in it um, in some capacity. And, um, you know, it had always kind of like ventured towards like the, the physical development and like the S&C side of things. Um, and, and just from like an early on, even back in like high school, you know, just kind of gravitated towards that realm and, um, you know, didn't realize it until I was really with the Blue Jays of, you know, like this is a possibility after baseball's over. Um, you know, like I'm a business management major, right? So like I didn't go to school for exercise science. Like I didn't go the traditional like degree, um, that most like strength coaches would go, but. Um, you know, was very fortunate and lucky enough to um, build like some really close relationships with the Blue Jays guys. Um, and um, Scott Weber, who's actually the head guy there now, was jokingly one day like, "Hey, like, why don't you, why don't you just hang it up and like become our GCL strength coach?" And like, like he he was jokingly, but like, you know, it just kind of like got me thinking, like, okay, like, you know. I'm old for like the affiliate, the level I was at. And, you know, I, I signed for nothing. Like reality started to sink in a little bit, you know? And, and, and so then I started thinking, okay, like, what's my plan B? So because I had ventured towards the SNC side, you know, I, I, uh, I did this like deep dive exploration into what it would take and, and kind of like how I could make up some of that lost ground by yeah. not having that degree. Um, and so I was released in spring training of 2014 by the Blue Jays. And like I said, I was stuck in the middle of like, okay, like, do I try to keep playing? Do I hang it up? Like, what do I do? Um, and so I started looking at like internships and whatnot and, and seeing what was out there. And I realized like it just wasn't a good time of year to try to get like an internship and, and catch on somewhere that all the, the spring internships had already started. The summer internships didn't start for another three months. So it's like, I didn't want to sit at home and do nothing. So I decided to give independent league a try um, for the 2014 season. And, and, and during that time, that's where I did this exploration of, of what it would take to, to be a strength coach and, and get my CSCS and essentially like self-educate myself on a bunch of physiology and anatomy and like studying for the test and all that. What And 
you know, so like on bus rides and at nights and, you know, that's kind of what I spent my time doing in 2014. Um, and then, you know, like 2014 was just a hard year in general for me, uh, which is a lot of ups and downs, a lot of travel. So by the time baseball was over, like I was burnt out. Like I, at the time, like I thought like, okay, like if I never have anything to do with baseball ever again, like I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I've gotten my fair share. I'm good. Yeah. Um, you well, know, and so, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. Well, thank, thankfully. Um, and so, you know, like I, that off season, I prepared like, okay, like I'm going to play in 2015. Right. And, and I thought I was just burnt out because of, you know, getting released, all this travel, like just like the unknown. Right. And so I trained as if I was going to play in 2015, but when I went to go pick up a baseball and start throwing again in December, I was like, I am done. Like I have no desire to throw. So I actually went home that like that day. It was December 1st of 2014. I went home that day, applied to every internship possible. Um, was lucky enough to catch on with Ohio State football and their strength and conditioning program. Um, and so I did an internship there for just under a year. Um, and then my girlfriend at the time, now wife, we, we found out we were pregnant. So it was kind of one of those like, like uh-oh moments, like, man, like I'm working for free. She was still, she was still in school. She was doing her last clinicals. She's a physical therapist. So she was in Florida doing her last clinicals for school. So she was working for free. And it was like, (laughs) Oh, like, what do we do? You know, like, um, and so then it got real. So then I, you know, I, I, while at Ohio state, um, you know, was able to get like my CSCS and pass the test and get all like the certifications necessary to get back into major league baseball. And, um, you know, I, at the time it was like in the middle of the season. So no like major league jobs or positions were open and, but I needed some sort of income. Right. So I, I went to a private facility in Tampa and, and ran their off season baseball um, for that off season, just waited until positions opened up. And I applied to every single position I could in, in major league baseball. And, and luckily I was lucky enough was the, able to catch on with the Miami Marlins for two years. Um, and then went to the twins in 2018 as their minor league coordinator um, and then was promoted to the director of training conditioning in 2019 and, and uh, entering my third year with the Twins now. So it was a, a wild ride, probably like a little unorthodox, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate for what I have experienced for sure. Yeah. Awesome. That's Man, awesome. like talk about unorthodox. Um, that's kind of what we are at the farm system as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, taking a couple different journeys. I don't, I still don't think Joey has any degrees. Uh, nope. <laughs> I, I I'll actually know I, I have my associates, Bo. You better associates. You better there you go. Better, right? There you go. Um, you know, I have, I have a degree in psychology, which I don't really use. Um, I could imagine trying to self-teach something as in depth as what you went into. Um, what were some of those barriers, and how was that process for you? Yeah, I mean, it was like like being realistic. Like that's still probably like one of my low points, right? Like where like I need to like focus on like stay up to date on my physiology on my anatomy just because like I didn't spend four years doing it in school you know so like I think that's something like I, I, I always have in my mind of, of like that constant pursuit of knowledge and like trying to like continue my own education but um, I think the biggest barriers for me were like trying to find the motivation to to like read this yeah. thick textbook late at night after a game or like before I go into the stadium and like I think that like in 2014, that was the biggest barrier. And then, um, you know, luckily like my wife has been very supportive and, you know, when we did have our first son, it was like, okay, like, here we go. Like, you know, he was four weeks old and, and I accepted a position with Miami and it was like, okay, we're moving across the state of Florida and 
we're going. We have no idea. We've never been in that side of Florida, but like we're doing it and, and we did it and we haven't looked back and um, you know, we, we've crisscrossed all over the state of Florida, but um, you know, it's just kind of like adapting as you go and, and, and rolling with the punches a little bit and, and, and trying to make the best of whatever is thrown at you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah love that. When you were with, uh, when you were with the Blue Jays, did you spend any time with uh, Calabello at all? No. So I was like, I was in like the low minor leagues. Right. And so he was in the, he was in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I didn't really spend that much time with him. Um, you know, like during the off seasons, like I would travel up to the, um, their complex and, and train and, and like, there was a good group of guys that they had in there. Yeah. Um, big leaders at the time that, you know, like they were, they were awesome, awesome dudes. And, and I think like being able to train with those guys was awesome and talk with them was awesome. And, um, you know, like, being able to like just spend time with those strength coaches, like really helped teach me, um, you know, and, and just some of those conversations, like still like hold true to this day of, of kind of like what I believe in and, and um, kind of like the way we, uh, we look at training. Yeah. Love that. So uh, one of the things that you and I have, have kind of bounced around a little bit and uh, you know, one of the things we've kind of collabed on is just, you know, there's a big connection, um, you know, between what people are doing on the performance side of things, right? And then also the sports-specific skills, right? right. Um, you're hitting, you're pitching, you're infield, you're outfield, you know, all the game, the actual, the right. actual game, right? Um, obviously, it's been a hot topic of late of, you know, people trying to get that all integrated and, you know, realizing that, oh, well, what I do in the performance room, you know, does yeah. have a big effect on what I'm doing outside the room. Um, and then I know that for me personally, that's something when, uh, you know, we've been consulting for major league organizations that we're trying to help them do, right, is, is right. Get kind of pull in the same direction. And also to be able to speak that middle language, you know, right, and, and, and help both sides understand what the other one is saying. Right. Um, so that you can everything get working in the same direction. What, so when you kind of look at that, you know, big topic, right. That can have so many different rabbit holes that I'm sure we'll run down is, you know, where does that take you and what are your initial thoughts off of that? Yeah. Oh, I, my first two initial thoughts are, are, are more of like a global type picture, right. Where it's like, yeah. you know, I, I think in today's day and age, and I tweeted about it, I think like last week of like, there's a huge difference in like saying that you're trying to integrate the two and like actually doing it. Yeah. Right. Like I think my staff's getting tired of me quoting Mark Sean Lynch, but like he still <laughs> said it best. Like he's about that action. Right. Like yeah. at the end of the day, like that's what it comes down to is like doing it and, and like practicing what you preach. And, um, you know, I think that's something that like I take a lot of pride in. Um, you know, I, I think like we do a, a very good job of that and, and um, you know, the next thought I have is like, in order to be able to do that, there needs to be a system in place, right? And like, I think, you know, whatever that system is and, and whatever verbiage you want to use and, and whatever process you want to use is neither here nor there. But I think the big thing is like having a system in place that people can get behind and take ownership in, in that both performance side and skill side can understand and truly like get behind. So everybody's arrows are aligned and pointing in the same direction, right? Like you're going to get a lot more progress when everybody's arrows are pointing in the same direction when compared to if everybody's arrows is pointed in 8 million different directions and people are talking 8 million different languages and throwing out different verbs and actions and whatever, like it's, then it just creates confusion for the player 
And that's what we're trying to avoid, right? Um, so I think like what it really comes down to is like one, like the act of actually doing it, and two, like the the act of having a system and process in place to help drive and guide and direct like decision making. And mm-hmm. essentially what that's doing is is creating like standard operating procedures. And that's not saying like it has to be this way all the time. Like yeah. there are going to be times where you have to go outside the standing operating procedures for sure. But all those give is just, it just gives you some direction and some guidance Yeah. for 85 to 90% of the time. Right. And, and yeah, so um, sure. yeah, right. And so, and, and I think like it's human nature to, to crave structure. Right. And, and uh, I think it takes a lot of stress off people when there is structure in place. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the smaller scale, like, I think it's awesome, like kind of like the direction that we're all going in, um, you know, and, and I think like as a player, um, you know, like I went, I was like this guy that was like a stock minor league guy, right? Like nothing, nothing special. Like I relied solely on like, I'm going to outwork you to no matter what. Right. And like, I will always be available and I'll just work my, let my work ethic speak for itself. And, um, I think like at times, like there were mechanical changes that I made, not knowing like my physical limitations that was probably detrimental to my own development. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of like the person I was like, I was willing to try anything and everything. And, yeah. um, I think like anybody that knows me knows. Yeah, right. And I think like anybody that knows me, like when I first signed, like I was this long arm action guy and like way behind, like, and then I came back to spring training. Like I, they, they said like, I looked like I was throwing like a catcher and like, I just like overhauled everything. And, and I think like what it comes down to is like, before you implement like mechanical solutions, you better know the physical limitations that are in place or that exist. Right. And so, um, I think like that's been like an ongoing conversation really in the industry of like, what are the physical limitations? Like what, are, let's look at an assessment let's, let's talk with the S and C and the sports med and, and in the performance side before we enact these mechanical solutions to see if they're even possible of, of taking shape. Yeah. Um, yeah, but those are like, like, those would be my big three thoughts like on integrating the two. Cause I, I do think like, that's the direction that we're going and, and, mm it's up to both sides to be able to speak each other's language and um, understand each other and, and communicate with one another. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think like you're saying, I think one of the hard parts with that as well is like definitely first step, right. Is giving somebody, if you're giving them something that their body can't do, obviously there's going to be some problems there. Right. Right. But also, also with that being said, even if they can do it at, let's say their first joint, Right. What does that do up the chain? Maybe they can do it through their first right. four joints, but they can't do it. You know, what does that cause all the way up the chain? Right. For so sure. it, it, it obviously isn't just a plug and play, you know, binary. He could do it or he can't do it. And then also just because he has the passive range of motion doesn't mean he has the active range of motion. How a CNS system, you know, works with all of that as right. well. Right. I mean, this is what I love. This is what I love about the human body. Like it's infinitely complex, right? So <laughs> it's, it's never just like, you know, again, that's sometimes I, I, you know, kind of argue that, uh, the, the point of the old quote from Einstein, right? Like things to be as simple as possible, but no simpler. Right. And sometimes right. it's like, uh, we almost dumb things down too much. 
right? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people, you know, want it to be like, oh yeah, I, I know a lot about SNC, but I've never, you know, studied anything. And, you know, you could just make it, you know, give it to me in five minutes and I should be able to do it, you know? And I think that, you know, there, there's infinite complexity to that, right? And it, it, it is, it's not just, you can do this or you can't do this. And, right. you know, um, obviously there's some, like you're talking about, there's some infrastructure, right? There's some context in between there of being like, okay, there's a pretty good chance, you know, it's just like a normal approach. There's a pretty good chance that if you do a movement that looks resembling this, right, because of how you are, you're probably going to get injured. But, you know, it's not that you're guaranteed to get injured, but we, you know, we have a yeah higher probability, you know? Yeah, and I think too, like, like we're all trying to like, like just to touch on like the, the simplicity aspect of it, right? Like we're all trying to like simplify this for the players so they can best understand it. Right. But like as coaches and, and as staff members, like you're not able to simplify it unless you've explored those complex systems and the complex like thoughts and processes and like gone down some rabbit holes and tried things like, yeah, you can't truly simplify it for the player unless you have a, a, a underlying understanding of, of everything that is complex. Yeah. Um, Got to go deep so you can come surface. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's the biggest thing, um, you know, like, just like, you know, is just being like, and then also too, you get better at teaching things as you teach them more. Right. So right. even though you might understand it holistically in your brain, um, I think that's one thing, like they, they say, it, like you don't understand it enough unless you can explain it to like a figure. It's like, eh, I mean, I can explain it to you. It's just going to, you know, that the, the, where that gets taken out of context, like I can explain that to you, but it might not take me five minutes because I didn't learn it in five minutes. Right. <laughs> it might take me a week to teach you this concept. It doesn't mean that I, you know, again, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's just a com- something that's pretty complex, right? Like, yeah. We're talking about, you know, like the human fascial system. Like, yeah, I can make some, you know, uh, some general conceptions, you know, make you slightly start to get the idea. But, you know, you're not going to understand the, the entire system of fascia or, you know, again, the musculoskeletal system like within a day. Like it just right. it's not going right. to happen. Yeah. And I think like that's like where you can like piece it together, right? Like maybe like you're trying to explain this complex theory or thought process in a simple form to the player like you just break it down like okay like look like this is a joint by joint approach Let's just, i'm just going to talk about this today and that, that only yeah and then let it let like let that conversation build over the next few sessions or weeks or months or whatever that is until yeah. like that light bulb goes off right like it's probably going to take some time for anything that we do yeah. yeah i mean talk about the complexity like it's hard enough for one coach to communicate that to one player um, for the system to truly work, you need all the coaches to be able to communicate that to all the players, right? Right. Um, how do you guys work to more as the coaching staff and educating the coaches to get integrated before you can even go on to the players? What does that process look like and how do you think that'll look uh, going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think we're trying to still trying to figure that out, right? Like I think like what it really comes down to is like trying to give each staff member some ownership in that system to where it's not just one singular person's system to where everybody else turns into puppets, right? Like nobody likes being a puppet. Yeah. So it's like, what are ways that we can find to be able to create this staff ownership to where everybody can, can be prideful in, in, in what we develop and what we put in place and, and, and what we call our system. Yeah to where everybody is aligned and everybody's on the same page and everybody's speaking the same language 
Um, and then it takes like some cross department integration of like an education of like, okay, like from, from an SNC perspective, talking to the hitting coaches or talking to the pitching coaches, like this is our assessment process. And then from them talking to us, like, okay, these are big rocks in the swing. Like this is what we believe. And then it's like coming up with, okay, like if these are your big rocks, this is what we could potentially see based off assessments. And this is like, and they're just trying to like marry the two together. Like, I, I think it's like an ongoing process, especially as we gain more knowledge and more insight into the body and how it works and how it moves. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like with all this tech that's coming out, um, I think it's like only going to help develop these systems. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. What, um, let me ask you this too as well. What have you really, when you start to dive into again about the action side, right? Like you were talking about is what have you looked at um, from your perspective, especially from like, the, you know, more of the sports and performance of things that you looked at from a new lens when you started to try to integrate the two and say, Oh, maybe we should alter that a little bit, or maybe we, you know, what, what are, were those things that you started to evaluate that were kind of common, you know, in, in this. Yeah. Program? I think like something that, um, coaches do that coaches do like naturally just um is is essentially like the sfma's four by four matrix right where um you're breaking down like motor control stability and and teaching that like neuromuscular patterning and like sequencing and like essentially getting the body like the brain and the body to connect and, and 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 move properly and i think coaches do that just without understanding the four by four matrix right and like nor are they expected to know that i think it's just like their natural coaching ability right like if a guy's struggling to hinge or struggling to load like you might assist that movement until he can actually demonstrate it himself right which would be like a one by one on the sfma and then you might take that um assistance away and have him demonstrate it, which would then be a one by two and then you might add some resistance to it and some load like that's a one by three and then do a one by four and then like you might change the position um, you know, so it's like, I think we naturally do that. We just don't call it that. Right. Yeah, like, we just don't know what that is. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think that just everybody's like natural coaching ability and when, when trying to like create new patterns and, um, I've been looking at it more of like, okay, like how can we integrate and, and how can we use like the SFMA's four by four matrix more in like skill acquisition and skill development, right? Like I, I was having a conversation with somebody like, I think like the more and more I think about it, like the underlying of, of like CLA and the dynamic systems theory is like the four by four matrix, right? Like, and I know the SFMA did like a deep dive into like motor learning and and motor patterning and, and yeah. And whatnot. But like, that's essentially what that is. And, and, um, you know, I, I think it's, I don't think it's a secret that like everything starts from the middle and works its way out. Right. Like, yeah. And S&C, there's that old saying of like proximal stability will give you distal mobility. Like, I don't think it's, that's a secret anymore. And I don't think any, yeah. anybody would, would debate like, okay, like this is, it's going to start at the pelvis and it's going to work its way out. Like I, I, I got a, um, I got a DM the other day that debated it. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm wrong on that, but I just, I just think like there's enough information out there for people to, to understand that. Like it's going to work proximally and work its way distally. And, yeah. um, you know, like that's, that's something that like we've tried to look at more of like, okay, like what is the pelvis doing? What is the torso doing? Like how, how do the two interact with one another? Um, like is hip shoulder separation that important? Like is disassociation that important? Like 
just kind of like things that we've trying to been looking to. But um, I think like something that I'm really interested in is like how can we use that four by four matrix better when it comes to like skill acquisition and actually like skill development, like in the cage or on the field in order to be able to create these new motor patterns. Cause, cause like the body's always going to operate in survival over performance. Right. So 100%. you're going to have to connect the brain um, and, and, and like the brain's like very like neuroplasticity is like real, right? Like you can't debate that at all. And um, I think like, periodization and like like what i would deem like periodization in s and c like i think coaches do that naturally too it's just like we don't call it that right like yeah if you take 500 swings one day more than likely like the next day you might need a lighter day right like yeah. and then you, it's just like just like playing with the load a little bit um yeah i think it's like something that um we naturally do we just don't talk about it like that I had a, I had a dad just did that yesterday. I was doing, um, you know, a, a virtual like lesson with one of the, one of our players and, uh, they went on, they did a whole bunch of running and like a lot of sprints and all that the day before. Right. So, um, you know, she comes to hit and you know, her legs are just like fried, right? Like her, her yeah. not just her legs, like her body is fried or CNS system is fried. So, you know, instead of, and even to not only that, but like, you know, I'm sure you can touch on this as well, but when all those things are happening, like it's also now mentally very fatiguing because you're trying to get your body to do something and your CNS system just like, again, that mind body connection is disrupted. There's oh, a lot for sure. Right. So, you know, me as a, from the coaching side of things, right. I'm just like you're saying, right. As I'm starting to coach her and I'm, I'm trying to get her to do some of these moves, she's starting to compensate a lot because she's trying to make up for what, you know, she can't create today. Right. Um, and you know, and the, again, just like you're saying is like, even the dad in that scenario who, you know, it's not going to understand a lot of understanding like periodization and CNS and all that stuff is just like, yeah, like, Oh no. Yeah. She's really tired today. Right. Like we're going to take a lighter day today. We're going to do less rounds. And again, just like you're saying, has no idea, right. It's just natural. We just put science behind empirical observation right. and just realize like, Hey, you know, maybe it's, maybe we need to take a little lighter today from personal experience and understanding that, you know, we're not winning the championship today. It's just another piece of the puzzle, you know, another step in the process for sure. Right. For sure. For sure. And I think like, there's a lot of things that go into like fatigue, right? Like, something I've, I realized firsthand, like I didn't fully grasp until last year was like what travel does to like the major league body. Right. And then like the lack of sleep and like, granted, like we have like really good travel being in the central, right. Like we don't have a very long um, flight really anywhere. Um, but you know, like the lack of sleep and, and, and the time time zone changes and like everything that goes into it, like, yeah. plays a bigger role than like I anticipated. And, and so um, I just think like if you can, can have that understanding and that appreciation of like the CNS and like where the brain's at and, 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 and how fatigue and like what kind of fatigue they're under, like you're going to be able to have a bigger bang for your buck by maybe doing less. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's a big piece. Just like what you're saying, right. Is like, I was talking about that yesterday is that, just because you're not actively doing things doesn't mean that you're not getting better. Right. And right. there's that. And I, I 
say that as being a guy that was a constant overworker and, you know, again, like still work ton. Um, but it's just like understanding that again, like refilling your cup is you getting better so that you can, again, you can do things again, rather than again, especially too, I was the guy that kept working, kept working, empty cup, empty cup, and then boom, injury. Now I'm set back two months. Right. So how much better did I really get? Right. We're looking at the macro rather than the micro of just right. one day. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I think, I think, you know, that's a, that's a big piece. I kind of wanted you to dive into, I know we've talked about it a little bit here, uh, you know, really talking about the CNS system, right? Um, but some of the stuff with the CNS system, I think that's uh, very interesting, um, especially from, you know, my perspective of more looking from, uh, from sports-specific skills as well. But it's just, you know, it all ties back in. It's all one thing. I like to say yeah. nature doesn't know science, right? It just, it just is. <laughs> so um, just more so looking at it in, like specific adaptations to the CNS system, like it's responding to a demand that you're asking it to do. Right. And in the sense of being like, if I'm training one thing in the performance side, let's say it's long distance running. Right. And we're doing a whole bunch of long distance running. Well, I'm still training my CNS system, right. To respond to that stimulus that I'm constantly feeding it. And then I'm playing a sport who, you know, again, which may match up or may not match up and are, you know, and I'll have you kind of talk through some of those things. But again, just that of an example, can you kind of touch on CNS system and like, you know, kind of more of the, how it responds to different stimuluses? Yeah, I think like, like the, the brain is connected to the spinal cord, right? And then the spine controls all movement, right? So like, I think like, the neuroplasticity that the brain has is like remarkable. And I'm actually like listening to a book. Um, let me pull it. Let me, so I don't, I don't misquote myself. So like the book I'm listening to is the brain that changes itself is it has like plenty of examples that of, of how the brain has essentially changed its process to, to be able to like achieve outcomes that the body wasn't able to before right and it's like it's remarkable that of what it's possible uh, what the possibilities are but i think like in terms of like cns fatigue like charlie francis came up with like the high low model right and i think like a lot of people are very familiar with that but like the body can only take on so much before it, it crashes right like you know if you look at like a hardware or like a computer system like you can only upload so many files before the computer crashes like like the body's pretty similar where if you have all these high intensity days back to back to back to back, the body's going to crash at some point, which makes us susceptible for injury. So like I'm a huge fan of the high low model and, and, and you know, like I think like whether you believe, you know, aerobic, anaerobic, you know, long distance, whatever, whatever you believe, like the body needs high days, low days. Like I look at it as like, compile all your stress under the high days and then let your body recover. And it's like what you said, like you can still be getting better by, by not doing anything and just letting your body recover. Um, you know, so I, I think like that high low model, both from like a, from a skill perspective, you know, what, whether it's swinging, throwing, and from a performance perspective of running, lifting, training, whatever that is, um, you know, like is, is extremely important. And, and I think like the, the, the sports med team and like ATCs, PTs, massage therapists can play a huge role in, in, in helping that CNS recover from, you know, massage or hands-on manual therapy. Like the body craves like hands-on work and like the feel of touch goes a long way for just 
recovery and like feel good. And, and, and so I, I think like there's a million different things you can do. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I think like it's a combination of like what the individual needs, what they like to do, what they don't like to do. And, and, and just being aware of like the CNS and like, however you track that's up to you. There are different ways to do that. Um, you know, but I, I just think like the CNS is going to drive a lot of programming for us at least. For sure. I'm curious as to how you're, you guys are going about, um, you know, you had players that were preparing during the off season for the season, players that weren't sure when the season's going to start. Um, now they're quarantined. Uh, how are you guys going about implementing what you were doing to get them ready to play? Um, especially those minor leaguers that their seasons might be bang now. What does that process look like and how are you uh, guys going about that at, holistically? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, being transparent, it's hard, right? Because we, we don't know anything and, and um, you know, we don't know when we're going to start up again and we're kind of at the mercy of, of of what's going on. And so we're trying to stay, you know, as game ready or as in shape as humanly possible. But um, I know it's been a big challenge with gyms closing down and states closing down and, and guys having to work out in their living room and, and you know, make the best of what they have. And, and um, you know, I, I think these guys being professional athletes, like they're highly motivated and highly driven. Um, and so they probably cope with it a little bit better than most, but they also probably struggle with it a little more than most because of the added pressure of being a professional athlete and, and mm -hmm. the competition aspect. Right. So like there's like this back and forth that the, the mind can play. Um, and so we've just tried to make ourselves available to these athletes as best as possible and, and provide them with anything they need. And, and, um, you know, for a while there, we were doing body weight at home programs and, and the guys that did have access to home gyms or whatnot, like they were able to continue on their, their training. But, um, you know, we, we've had to get creative a little bit and, and, and kind of hang with them and, and, and do the best that we can. But, um, you know, hopefully we all can get back together here soon and, and and get back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, I, hey, uh, Zoom's giving me an, an update that we got, we got about five minutes, you know, Bo and I haven't hit that upgrade button yet. So, <laughs> so we're still, we're still working on that, adding it to the business expenses. But, um, you know, one of the things I definitely wanted to talk to you about is the same thing too, is like, just like Bo touched on there, right. As you guys come back and you guys started kind of building up uh, that load process again, I know that your mind's kind of slipping to as well as like, that's a really, <laughs> When, when guys haven't been doing anything, if that's, I know a ton of guys that really haven't even been swinging much, right? Because again, there's not many places yeah. to go and they, go. again, you know, maybe they're not hitting on their, their condo uh, patio or whatever they call yeah. little, you know, that they have set up. So, um, you know, what does that look like too as well? Um, you know, that on-ramping of such, you know, coming off of maybe such a long, you know, off put right like what do you what do you what are your kind of your initial thoughts of like all right we'll get back you know these are some things we got to be mindful of when it comes to like volume or when it comes to you know any of that stuff what what are your kind of initial touch uh, things that you want to touch on there yeah i think like from my perspective right like maybe the most important thing anybody can be doing right now is just sprinting right like just if you just sprint like you're gonna make up a lot of ground for there and, and, and yeah. you'll, you'll put yourself in a better position than you would, than one might think. 
just by sprinting. And, and like you can sprint in your backyard, you can sprint down your street, on the sidewalk, like yeah. you can sprint, just go outside and sprint. Yeah. Um, and so I think like for the guys that have had a long layoff, it's, it's essentially like what you talked about, like this on-ramping process of like, okay, like let's, we're not just going to throw them in the games. Right. And I, I, I'm not, I don't think anybody would be crazy enough to do that. So um, I think like we have a very, very good group of guys that are highly driven, highly motivated that, um, you know, like we're not too concerned about, but we do want to be cautious and make sure that they're ready. And, and you know, I, I don't think we're going to prevent all of the injuries. I don't think anybody can prevent injuries. Yeah, right. But I, right. I do think like we can do our job to try to mitigate them um, and try to keep them to a minimum by, by, by talking with one another and talking with them and, and allowing them to have some input and, and um, being open and candid and honest and, and transparent with them of, you know, our expectations and, and allowing them to be open and transparent with us about what they've done. And, and, and so we can all be on the same page moving forward. And, and I think it might look a little different for each person. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, as soon as we do get word, I know guys will be chomping at the bit to get back and, and, um, you know, I, I think we, I, I know we will be in a good position and it, because of how hard our guys have worked. And, um, I just think it's like this, it's this constant conversation of, of what do we want to do today? What's our priority? How do we get this done in, in, in the best way possible so that we don't crush these guys first week back and, and we can set them up for success. For sure. For sure. Well, my man, appreciate you jumping on. Definitely got to set us up for uh, uh, part two or three. We got a whole bunch, whole bunch of more stuff we could dive into. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. At some point, we got to get, we got to get together in person. Uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit. So as we're traveling, I'll probably be traveling a little bit more this year. So it'd be good to come and see you at some point. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a lot of fun. I, uh, yeah, hopefully we can meet in person sometime and, and, and uh, get out from behind the screen and, and talk with one another. But again, like I, I really do appreciate your guys' time and what you guys are putting out and, and, and talking with you guys. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, Ian. All right. Appreciate thanks, you, guys. Ian. Appreciate you guys. Right. Yep. Yeah.